0: Probably the hardest thing in this transition was what I just did in talking to your children uh, and grandchildren and sharing with them. But the thing that I positioned and, and, and propositioned to them that I'm doing to you is I asked the kids, I said, what is the one thing you've probably heard me talk about more than anything else? And the first answer was missionaries. The first answer was giving to God so that missionaries can hear about Jesus. And I wanted to hear what they said to that question. And every single one of them said something about other people and other places. It's amazing how God has moved that as as something that's always been a part of my heart. I knew God had called me to be a missions mobilizer always. But I I didn't understand that calling uh, fully realizing until I realized not everybody that's called to be a missionary goes and lives across the country. Some people are called to mobilize so that missionaries can do what they do. Samaritan's Purse is a very large, overarching company that Operation Christmas Child falls underneath of. And within that, there's a ton of components of what they do, humanitarian work. They do uh, work with people all around the world. They do disaster relief. Uh, Recently, there was a disaster, the derecho, that went across Iowa and a lot of the Midwestern states. My son lives in Cedar Rapids. And he said Operation Christmas Child Samaritan's Purse was the first organization on site. They were the first organization on site to there be giving relief to people. And so, and the other component of what they do is they, they work alongside missionaries and pastors in every place that they deliver shoeboxes. One of the coolest components that I shared with the kids is that a part of the culture of what my job will be as a regional manager for this area in coordinating this is they want me If not every year, at least every other year, to be going internationally somewhere and delivering boxes to kids to actually see the, the, the kids, the tangible situation of where we are actually making an impact in people's lives. And so I am humbled and honored to to do this. And I want you all to know that we love this church. This, this wasn't a situation that we were just dying to leave here. We, we still want to be here. We, we've got almost 10 years of relationships with most of you. And I've known a lot of people in this church longer than that. And so we're very thankful that Pastor Dennis was more than willing to allow us to continue to attend here, and we want this to continue to be our church home. I will travel upwards of 100 days a year, so you're not going to see me a lot. I'll be a lousy church member as far as attendance goes, but I'm with you. Uh, But I wanted you to hear my heart on why God's calling us to this. And so I'm going to share a little bit about that today in in a message that that God's laid on my heart, uh, talking about the idea of being sent. Uh, It's been something that I've championed my entire ministry life about sending missionaries, about sending the message of the gospel to the uttermost, to the to the farthest reaches of the earth, to the places where people haven't heard the message. That's an apostolic calling that I feel like God has on our lives as believers to take the message where it hasn't been heard. How many of you have passed more than one church on your way here today? Probably all of us. We all pass multiple churches every day and everywhere that we go. We live in a place where we are saturated with the message of the gospel, but that's not the case everywhere in the world. Everywhere in the world is not America, and a lot of times we put our mindset and our, our ideals onto the rest of the world thinking, well, they have the access. No, they don't. And so I love the fact that I'm going to be able to have a hand in that. But as, as I think about you know, what it is that drives you, what it is that gives you passion, what it is that, that gets you excited about life, I have a question to propose to you. What is it? What is it that, that wakes you up early in the morning, no matter what? What is it that you will wake up early, no matter what, to do? You know, maybe it's hunting. Any, any deer hunters in the room? I've done that before. I've gotten up at like 3.30 in the morning to sit in a deer stand with friends of mine, and I thought to myself, I love you, and I love nature, but can't nature be like at 6 or 7 or 8 or 9? Why does it have to be at four in the morning? We've got to get out here before the deer hear us. I'm like, I don't mind if they hear me. It's, it's not going to offend me. Maybe, but maybe that does it for you. Maybe that's what drives you. Maybe that's what motivates you. How many of you are, you can't wait to wake up to work out? Where's Brittany Wright? I know Nick just you know, every day says that woman is a machine, wakes up and is at the gym every day at 530. Maybe that does it for you, to drives you to, to, to motivate it, to get up and do it. How many of you just can't wait to get up to have a little bit of alone time? A little bit of coffee time, sitting out on the deck, sitting in your your sunroom, sitting at your kitchen table. Maybe that's the only time of the day where nobody's harassing you and you finally got a little bit of alone time and you're motivated to get up. How many of you, it's praying and reading your Bible? Maybe you're motivated to get up because you want that alone time with God. I remember all of the years I worked at Quitrip, I had to be at work like at 5.30 in the morning. So I made it a point to get up and have alone time with God before I went to work. And that was a commitment. That was a big commitment because it had to be like at 4 in the morning to be able to do that. Uh, Maybe it's, you know, maybe you moms uh, can't wait for Calgon to take you away. And you're like, oh, Lord, I'm ready for that uh, bath time where I can have a bubble bath and, you know, be, be able to relax and lock the door and make sure nobody else cares about me, you know. When you think about that, I had some some quotes I was thinking about as far as motivation. You know, Here's a good one. Push yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. Do you have to push yourself to do what you're passionate for? No, you can't wait to do it. What about great things never come from comfort zones? Yeah, yeah. But again, what drives you and what what you have a passion for, nobody's having to push you to do it. Look at this one. Sometimes later becomes never. Do it now. That's a good quote. But again, what you are motivated to do, what you have a passion to do, is something that's going to supersede all that. You're not going to have to pump yourself up with a motivational quote because you're going to really do what you care about. You know how I know that? I watch people. I've observed people that no matter what, if they have a drive to deer hunt, they're going to get up at 3 in the morning. No matter what, if you are the soccer mom of all soccer moms, and you have the, the minivan that everybody envies, and you have 15 children, and they all are enrolled in soccer, and you have to wake up at 5.30 in the morning on Saturdays, you're going to get there because you can't wait to cheer on those sidelines. I remember my wife being the ultimate sports mom because she tried her best to cheer so loud and to she, she tried to tackle people from the sidelines when our sons played football. She, I mean, she was intense. She was all in on it. But what motivates you, you do. You're going to put into it no matter what. And so I think about that. I, I want to read with you a passage in Romans chapter 10. So if you've got your Bibles, turn there with me and, and get your finger there because we're going to stick kind of right there in Romans 10 I want to read verses 9 through 13 for you now because it kind of sets the stage for what we're going to look at in verses 14 and 15. It says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe it in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Everybody say amen. amen. That's the message of hope that, that, that the world has. For it is by believing in your heart, Paul says, that you are made right with God and it is openly declaring your faith that you are saved. And the scriptures tell us anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on them. And then I love this passage. It says, for everyone, say it with me, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the hope that we have as believers and that is the message that our world needs today. Guys, no matter what is going on in our world, no matter what's going on in our country, no matter what's going on in your family, the message, the life-changing message of hope that Jesus Christ has conquered death, hell, and the grave and that He is there for us as a Savior is always something to get excited about. And it, it should, there's, God is no respecter of persons, no matter who you are, no matter how bad you are, no matter how many mistakes you've made that same message applies to you as it does to everyone else. And so as I think about that, that's something that does it for me. And as I think about Operation Christmas Child, I, I love what their, their mission is. I want to read that for you. It says, Operation Christmas Child demonstrates God's love to children in need worldwide by delivering gifts filled with gift filled shoe boxes and the good news of Jesus Christ. You see every single one of those boxes that you're going to fill. And guess what? Crown Point Church, you better be like the top producing church in the whole planet. Okay? Because I'm going to be here to, to, to rattle your cages if you're not. Because I, I care about this. The, the more that I've talked to people, the more that I've been around this organization, it's a very extensive process that's gone over the last month. Six different interviews, talking to people, hearing the heart, hearing the vision. Guys, they care about people reaching People being reached for the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of a simple gift, and that gift opens doors that it's amazing to see where the gospel is being sent through this organization. I just I keep having a, a, a peace about this and, and just a calm assurance that God has called me to this, that he's, he's led me to this. And I want you to feel like I'm an extension of you. I want you to feel like as I go and do this, I'm an extension of Crown Point Church. And, and this will be my church home, and I'm, I'm thrilled with that. But I, I know that God has given me a passion to see people that have never heard the message of the gospel get a chance to hear it. And so I'm thankful for this opportunity. A passion to impact souls has is, is been something that's always been a, a huge passion for me. And I look at Acts 1.8 as, as a great keynote verse that really shows this. It shows my heart in this. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest parts of the earth. I've always had a passion to see the gospel go where it's never been, and I'm so thankful and honored to be able to be a part of that. As I, as I shared with the kids, I, I asked them to pray for me. I asked them to pray for our family, that God gives us favor so that we can, we can see that message go to even further remote places where no one has ever heard the name of Jesus and to be able to have that. But I wanted to kind of spend the rest of this time today in focusing on Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15 with you because I love this idea of how we are all sent. And it says in Romans chapter 10, verse 14, the first part of the verse starts, How can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? I mean, it's a simple question. We think to ourselves as, as followers of Christ, as people that have grown up around church. Maybe you didn't grow up around church, but you've been around it enough to obviously have heard the message of Jesus and accept Jesus as your Savior. If you're here today and you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior, guess what? We're going to give you a chance to do that before you leave today. But, but we've got to realize that the question proposed is How? How do they hear the message of Jesus Christ? How is it that it's going to happen? Is God just going to show them a vision? Well, sometimes that does happen. I love hearing missionary stories about people in countries where the gospel's not allowed, that they've seen a vision of Jesus. That's amazing, that's incredible. But we also have a role in this too. We have a role in how they hear about this. And so that's the word that I want to focus on first as we look at this. And it says, And how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him if they have never heard about Him? The exciting thing to me about this box that we send through Operation Christmas Child is it is something that's meeting tangible needs. It's, it's, it's toys and it's gifts, but it's also toiletries and things that, that these children desperately need and that their families are going to be able to use and, and have as, as a part of what they need to, to get by. But in every single one of those boxes... There's a gospel presentation in their language so that they can read through and learn about Jesus. They follow that up with with making sure that they're resourcing the pastors and the missionaries in the area to help them hear the message and learn the message and know that it's not just a box of goodies that we're giving you. We're giving you hope. We're giving you the message of hope. And, And they, right now, today, all over the world are saying, how? How do I get through life? How do I do this? How do I cope with what's going on? Guys, the pandemic isn't just a United States thing, it's a worldwide thing. Our world is in a, is, is in a state like it's never been in in, in recent history. We don't, we don't know what it's like in other places of the world. We a lot of times just contextualize our view of the rest of the world based on right here. But, guys, I got news for you. There's, there's places in the world that are worse than we are, there's situations that are so far removed from what we could even understand, and those people. Today are saying, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to deal with this? What is it that's going to give me hope to get up tomorrow and continue to to trudge through life? What they need is the message of Jesus. How can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? I like this quote. It says, your circle of influence dictates your path. You see, if you take the, the five people that you have the most interaction with, a lot of times they say those are the five people that have the heaviest influence on your life. And you can look at your own personal life and and see directly how they they influence you. Well, if people all over the world have no one in their circle of influence that's a follower of Jesus Christ, how can we ever have hope for them that they're going to know Jesus, that they're going to follow Jesus, that they're going to live for Jesus, that they're going to know His Word, and that they're going to then in turn be disciples and be disciple-makers? We've got to do everything that we can to get people of God's love and of God's light everywhere in the world so that they can hear this message. I like what, what, um, what Philip and his interaction with the Ethiopian in, in Acts 8 uh, tells us about that. It says in 831, Acts 8.31, The man replied, How can I unless someone instructs me? This is Philip talking to the traveling dignitary. And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. Philip told him the, the message of hope, but he said, Hey, sit with me a little bit, talk with me a little bit, share with me. And they, they had a long dialogue then about the message of hope. People need it brought to them. They need the message brought to them. They need someone in their own context to be able to understand this and do this. And so, so as believers, it is our role for the how, to send people. I like the message translation. Uh, it says, but how can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? How can they know who to trust if they haven't heard of the one who can be trusted? Jesus is trustworthy. Jesus is worth putting your hope in. Jesus is worth putting your trust in. But if you've never heard about Jesus, what hope do you have? Guys, we all have a role to play in the how. The principle that I want you to pull away from that is that followers of Jesus have the answer to how. We are entrusted with that answer. We are carriers of the hope. We are carriers of the light of Jesus. We are carriers of the truth, and it is our job, it is our role to see that get to those that don't have it. The other thing that I want you to take out of Romans chapter ten, verse fourteen, is someone. Now, have you ever have you ever made the statement, "Somebody will take care of that"? You know, they. They ought to do that. You know, someone really ought to, to take that, you know, into account. I love it when I, when I go to a, a restaurant with my mother. Hi, mom. Yes, my mom's right there smiling at me. But uh, my mom has used a phrase over the course of my life that she, she wasn't aware that she did until I uh, was an adult and called her out. But she always used this phrase, points off. Points off. I don't, I don't know where the points are being tallied. Maybe that's why I give thousands of points in Kids Church still today because I had so many points off over the course of my childhood that I wanted to give back in the points arena. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But but my mom has used this phrase points off. So we'd go into a restaurant and, you know, and of course they were not doing it right. You know, somebody had messed up the food. Somebody, it wasn't clean. The bathroom was a mess. Oh, points off. Points off. You know, uh, you, go, you go into the line somewhere and it's too long. and uh, oh, points off. Somebody's not doing their job here. Somebody is off track. You know, someone needs to take care of this. Somebody needs to fix this. Somebody needs to get this taken care of. A lot of times it's easy to just say someone should do that. But have you ever thought about the fact maybe you're the someone that needs to do it? Look at verse uh, 14 as it continues on. It says, And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Now, I still... To this day, as I've prayed about the calling that I felt God on my life about missions, I've never felt like I'm supposed to go and live in a remote village somewhere. I've never, I prayed about it. I'm like, okay, God, if you want me to go halfway across the planet and and do that, I'll do it. Uh, I've got a niece that's actually just been approved to be a U.S. missionary here, and her husband and three little girls. Uh, They're going to go to Russia. Powerful, and they're actually going to a place where they can't even tell anybody about it because it's such a, such a high sensitive area where they're going. But it's, it's powerful to think of God calling someone to go and be that person. I, I still to this day don't feel like that's my role. But within that role, within that calling, I do feel an urge. I do feel a, a driving passion and a motivation to send and to be a part of the sent and to be a part of the someone. I may not ever go across the planet and live amongst a village of people that I don't speak their language, but I know that I'm called to them. I know I can't just say someone will get to them. Someone will have a hand in making sure that they are going to hear about it. I want to be the someone. You want to be the someone because God has called all of us to be the someone. I like what this quote says. You you may or may not like the source, but it was the chairman of the People's Republic of China that that is long since passed away back in the seventies, and it says, "Passivity is fatal to us." He's speaking to his nation. Our goal is to make the enemy passive. Wow, do you know whose goal it is to make you passive, as Christians? We have a real enemy. We have an enemy. The enemy of our souls wants nothing but to steal, to kill, and destroy. The enemy of our souls wants Americans to sit on their couches and get lazy. Americans to sit and be passive. wants Americans to, to, to say, you know what, someone else will take care of it. What he wants is us to be so passive that we just forget all about everyone else. And we say, oh, they're fine. Someone will take care of it. I like what Titus Uh, says there, and Paul says to Titus in in chapter one, verse three, it says, And now at just the right time, he has revealed this message, which we announce to everyone, and it is by the command of God our Savior that I have been entrusted with this work for him. As Paul was imploring Titus to to, to be the pastor that he'd called him to be, to, to take the gospel to that area, that message transfers on to us that wherever God has placed us, he's Encharged charged us with the message that is ours to pass on that, that that we are to have a hand in being someone that we are to have a hand in being that person and and i like what it says there in the message it says and how can they hear if nobody tells them if we're waiting on someone to do it nobody is going to show up there's two guys in this equation here there's a someone and there's a nobody And if we expect someone else to do it, often nobody gets the job done. And you know who that breaks the heart of? That breaks the heart of God. God desires that everyone comes to him. God desires that every nation, every tribe, every tongue, everyone, no matter how good they are, no matter how bad they are, has heard the message of the gospel. It's been touching to me to to read mission stories about areas of places where we have considered them enemies. Places in the Middle East where we've gone to war in those countries, where they've sent missionaries now on the backside of the times. And a lot of times we would think about a country like that and say, oh, I don't want to pray for those people. They're, 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 they're a nation filled with terrorists. I don't want to pray for them. They're, they're coming to harm our country. They're a soul that matters to God. They're someone that needs to hear the message of Jesus. And if we expect someone else to do it, nobody oftentimes shows up principle that i want you to pull away from that is that followers of christ are the someone every single one of us has the opportunity to make an impact in lives all around the world right here i've challenged the crown point kids as their kids pastor every week that what they are doing in giving to 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 boys and girls missionary challenge what they're doing in praying for our missionaries is powerful Because they have a hand in seeing people come to know Jesus right from where they're at, praying for them, mobilizing for them, equipping people to be able to go and be sent so that they can hear the message. And so the last word that I want you to pull away from verse 15 is sent. As we look at verse 15, it says, And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? I, again, am very humbled at this opportunity that God has placed before me and I'm, I'm just overwhelmed at, at how he's, he's done this. Um, and I, I am absolutely torn from the standpoint of talking to the children like I did today and telling them, I'm not going to be your kid's pastor anymore because it's hard. I love them. I love you as a church. I love everyone that I've had the privilege of getting to know over the last 10 years of, of being a part and around of this church. But I know without a doubt that God is sending us to do what he's called us to do. I know that this is something that he's placed before me. And that as we prayed about this, I've had peace and confirmation every step of the way. That I'm, I'm taking a more active role in that verse right there. How will anyone go and tell them without being sent? In order to send something, sometimes it, it costs something, right? It's difficult. In order to give something up, it's not always easy. Because it means hard, it means transition, it means difficulty. I am already praying for who God is preparing to be your next kids pastor. I know they're going to be amazing. I know that God has already been working on them and preparing them. And you need to agree together with me in prayer, amen? Because we want to see kids here at Crown Point Church be lifelong followers of Christ. We want to see generations of them follow Christ. But I know that God is is moving me into a different season. And and I like what the message says about verse 15. It says, how is anyone going to tell them unless someone is sent to do it? That's why the scriptures exclaim a sight to take your breath away. Grand processions of people telling all the good things of God. We are all called to be a part of this, guys. Every single one of us is called to be a part of the sent. We are all called to a different degree to send the message of the gospel. I love Romans 15, 20. It talks about Paul's apostolic calling, and it says, My ambition has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard, rather than where a church has already been started by someone else. If I could explain anything over the last year, I've felt God stirring something in my heart that I couldn't understand and I couldn't explain. That verse wraps it up incredibly. Because I love this church, and I love being a part of what we're doing, but we've got the gospel here. We've got it. We've got a church full of people that have it, and it's our job to love you and to encourage you and to disciple you and to send you. But I feel God saying, you know what, John? You've got this ambition to take the gospel where it has never been, and I want to use you to do that. I like what, what Paul says there because he, he affirms that apostolic calling that we can't stay passive. We can't get comfortable as followers of Christ. We've got to always be focused on the sent. The principle that I want you to pull up away from that is that every follower of Christ is sent to those who haven't heard. Mahatma Gandhi had a great quote in talking about the idea of sharing something of value. It says, Whenever you have truth, it must be given with love or the message and the messenger will be rejected as followers of christ it is so important that we share the message of hope the message of jesus christ with love whether it's to your co-workers whether it's to your neighbors whether it's all the way around the world guys we have what the world is looking for we have the hope that the world desperately needs we have the answer to their problems it's just a matter of getting it to them and doing it in a manner of love where they receive it Something that that really changed my life was when when I really wrapped my head around the the Great Commission. Um, For those of you that don't know my history, my story, I'm a pastor's kid and a grandpa's pastor as well, and I never said I'm never going to be a pastor, but I didn't feel that calling immediately in life. I worked for 11 years for Quitrip uh, after college, and, and what happened through that process of working for that company, I learned a lot. It was a good experience for me. But God began to deal with my heart over the Great Commission. He began to deal with my heart to say, you know what? I've I've got more for you. I want more from you. And each step of the way, each step of that transition was different for me. And it's going to be different for you. But the thing is, is that it isn't just me that the Great Commission should consume. Every one of us as followers of Christ, that should be our heart. That should be our passion. That should be what our mission statement in life is is all about because it says there in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am always with you, even to the end of the age. We are all called to be sent. We are all called to be a part of reaching people. And I am thankful for every single one of you in, in how you poured into my life and how you've been an influence to me and I'm very very thankful that we can still have community we can still have fellowship while God's moving us to a different season what I'm challenging you to do today from this passage of scripture and from, and from my heart is I really want you to pray daily I'm challenging you to pray daily for opportunities to impact the lives of those who haven't heard a lot of times we can, we can think about that that category of people, and we can think to ourselves, well, they're all, all the way on the other side of the planet. There's only so, so much I can do. I can fill a shoebox. I can give to missionaries. I can pray for them. But I, I got a feeling that you guys are around people that haven't heard the message. Something has changed in our country over the last couple decades that we now have generation or two of people that mom and dad didn't go to church. Grandma and Grandpa maybe didn't even go to church. A lot of times we think about our nation in its foundations and in what we were established in. Uh, A lot of people call us a Christian nation. A lot of places in the world think all Americans are Christians just because we're a Christianized nation. But you have people in your circle right now that they know about Jesus, but they don't know him. They've heard about church, they've heard about the Bible but they've never cracked it open and actually read it. They've never had someone in their life that really poured into them and took enough interest to talk to them about the message of hope. You've got people in your path today, this week. Maybe it's family members even. Maybe it's coworkers. Maybe it's a neighbor. God's placed you right where you're at on purpose because he wants you to be light to the world around you. He wants you to be salt. He wants you to be seasoning, good flavor to the mix when you show up. Can I just pray with you about two things? Go ahead, and bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're here today and you don't know this Jesus that I'm talking about, this is the day you should have come to church. God brought you here on purpose because if you don't know him personally, there's a relationship that you can have with him that will change your life. So if you're here today and you're not in relationship with Jesus, if you don't have him as your Lord and Savior, you haven't asked him to wash your sins away and clean your heart off from all of the mess that you've brought in it, just raise your hand and say, Pastor John, pray with me. I want to get that right, right here and right now. I want want to follow Jesus. I want him to forgive me of my sins. I want to live for him. Awesome. That tells me I'm in a room full of believers. That tells me another thing that I'm in a room full of people that probably know somebody that doesn't follow Jesus. As I talked about that a moment ago, somebody popped into your mind. Raise your hand if you're thinking of someone. A friend, a neighbor, a family member, a coworker someone that doesn't know Jesus. God, right now we just agree together that you touch these people's lives that you do what only you can do. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are relentless in pursuing souls, that you never stop pursuing. You never stop leaning on someone to say, I love you. Just let me in for a relationship. God, I pray right now as we agree together that you are touching hearts and lives in our circles of influences. And God, I pray that you expand our circle of influence. God, I pray that you help us to be intentional at looking for opportunities to spread that message of hope to people that don't know you. Not just here, but around the world. And I thank you in advance for the harvest of souls that we're gonna see come to the kingdom through our prayers and through our love and through our relationships. We ask it in Jesus' name.